Hey everyone, welcome back to Zora's Daughters, the podcast where we discuss popular culture with a black feminist anthropological lens. I'm Alyssa and my pronouns are she, her, hers. Hey y'all, I'm Brendan and I use she, her, hers pronouns as well. We are back. Thank you for accommodating our much needed break, child. We was tired. Um, (laughs) Tired. Tired. Um, (laughs) Today we are doing something a little different. So instead of our usual programming, we're going to just kiki and spill a little tea um, about um, about our experience at the AAA meeting, which for those of you who are not anthropologists is the American Anthropological Association's annual conference. In non-COVID times, a thousand or so anthropologists and anthropologists in training descend upon some city in North America for five days and nights of awkward interactions and ethnographic scarves. And the scarves were scarving this year. (laughs) (laughs) I think, honestly, I think the ethnographic scarf of 2021 was actually the mask. There were there were some interesting masks, mm. some interesting designs worn by some interesting people. Wow, that <laughs> that's such a full statement. You know? <laughs> so this year the conference was in Baltimore, which is Brendan's current home city. Bow, so bow, you bow, know bow, we bow. were out there, out daring. <laughs> <laughs> And this was actually my first AAA, and it was quite the experience. And again, we were tired before, we tied now. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to talk about our expectations for the conference, our favorite moments, and some conference do's and don'ts. Yes. So before we get into it, we want to express our gratitude for our supporters. Thank you to everyone who has donated to the podcast or engaged with us on Instagram and Twitter. We wouldn't be doing this without you, like, Mm -hmm. for real. Uh, real, And if you would like to donate, head to our website, ZorasDaughters.com. We also love non-monetary support, so please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and follow us at Zora's Daughters on Instagram or Zora's underscore daughters on Twitter. Also, we find that the way that people hear about us is through word of mouth. So please share our podcast with your friends family or play it while everyone is preparing Thanksgiving dinner. Just make sure there are no knives around, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Big facts. Big facts. All right. Well, yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah. I was going to say, let's let's get into it. So Alyssa, this was your first triple A. What were you expecting? Okay, so that's a good question. I So I have been to CASCA before, which is the Canadian Anthropological Society. I have been to that conference. And that one was very low-key, very chill. Mm. I mean, in my opinion, it's pretty low stakes. And just from what I have heard from people, I really thought that AAA was going to be really intense, lots of like important conversations being had, and... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, not Brendan, not Brendan laughing. Mm. <laughs> oh, sorry. I I was covering my mouth. <laughs> um, please continue. Uh. You know, some really important conversations being had. And yeah, I just, I thought that it was going to be a really intimidating five days. So my uh, friend and colleague, we did our master's together. 
She is also currently in her PhD. And so she drove down from Toronto and we stayed together and we were kind of like, all right, we're going to try to stick together and, mm. you know, not be, you know, not be too awkward and, and have someone to kind of like bounce and play off of whenever we wanted to talk to people. But in the end, it was actually, it was fine. Yeah. It was fine. I don't think either of us really needed that buffer. And we both managed to talk to people that uh, we really wanted to be and really wanted to talk to. And, you know, she went for drinks with people. I was, I was having coffees and stuff. So, you know, it was really good. How about you? You've been to AAA before. Yeah, this was my, this is my second AAA I attended my first one in 2017 when it was in D.C., which I guess, you know, creature of habit. Here I am. Okay, so DMV, DMV stuff. Yeah. See, I'm learning the lingo. DMV, I know. Also, I think we have the same outfit on. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. We're both, yeah, we are. Okay, yeah, we both have our X Fenty onesies on. I just realized that. Okay, sorry. And they're both dark blue, so. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay um i just got distracted by that okay but yeah I mean, the first one was in 2017 it was a whirlwind so it was like my first year in graduate school i only went to AAA um because lee baker told me to go um mm-hmm. so that i could meet more black anthropologists because i told him about my experience in my first couple of weeks at our program and how alienating it was and he was like don't worry about that girl. Just come to AAA and meet some more. Mm. There are more of us here. Um, so I showed up and being the person that I am, I knew I wasn't going to go to a bunch of panels and stuff. I was just like, you know, <laughs> given my experience with academia so far, and at that point it was, what, it was what, three, two months. So a few um, Wednesday lectures, and I'll put it like that. Um mm. Wednesday lectures and I was like "Mm, maybe panels aren't for me but (laughs) I did make sure to go to um a lot of the ABA events and And the ABA is the Association of Black Anthropologists Mm -hmm. um and so they had like mentoring sessions they had an ABA business meeting and that's where the real tea is at the business meetings (laughs) um (laughs) I learned that I was sitting there like oh this is lit because um, it's like a reunion of sorts, a family reunion, but mm-hmm. then you also have the like business stuff that has to go on. Okay, um, so. so there was someone who was saying this at the reception. This person shall re- remain nameless. I'll tell you later. <laughs> but this person was like, yeah, this is like a professional family reunion. <laughs> Basically, at the, that's how it, at the ABA reception, that's how it felt. And mm-hmm. in, in the past years, the receptions, because um, we went to the reception this year together. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past years, the receptions have been, um, they felt like a party party, you know. Mm. Um, and so this year, I guess because of COVID and just everything, um, it didn't have the same feel. But I still enjoyed it. But we're gonna get to that part later. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was like in person for me was the most impactful to go to events where I actually got a chance to meet people, exchange business cards, uh, talk about my project. Lee Baker took me out to dinner. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Fed me that night because I didn't, you know, our graduate student travel budget is nada. 
Um. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think it was really a place where I saw like an intellectual community of sorts. So I was very happy about that. This year, AAA was hybrid. So I live here. So I'm like, I'm going to just buy a virtual ticket and see what I could finesse um, <laughs> and save myself some money. <laughs> but you intend, you attended in person, like a true good conference goer. Um, how, how was that experience of the hybrid but in-person experience? Yeah, it was, I thought it was really good. I think it felt, I think that's one of the reasons it actually felt less intense. Mm. Is because you could do some panels virtually, uh, you could go to some in person. So basically the way it was set up is some panels were in person, some panels were virtual, and some panels and most of the um, lectures, talks, um, and like receptions were live streamed. So I thought that was really nice because there were just some days where I was like, I really am interested in this panel, but I'm kind of tired. So I'm just going to watch, I'm going to watch it from my That's hotel so nice. room. So that was actually really nice. In addition to that, I don't know who decided on the temperature of these conference rooms, but they were cold, honey. Mm. Like I had my... North Face Winter Parka, and I was using it as a blanket in some of those conference rooms. Like, mm -mm. That's how cold it was. And I was just like, you know, I know that standard temperature settings are determined by patriarchy because yeah, men be overheating. Yeah, <laughs> and that, I know it's testosterone, all that testosterone. I, I guess. I know that the reason that we were cold in that room was because of patriarchy, but mm. anyway. Mm. <laughs> um, and and I think, but what was nice about it, about it being in person, and of course, it's, it really was a huge reunion. Um, not everybody was able to be there, but I think that because of COVID and people not having not being able to see each other for the past year and a half, it just like upped the reunion mm -hmm. vibes by. A thousand percent. <laughs> <laughs> and so what I think was, what I think happens like with virtual events uh, or virtual panels or talks and things like that is people will just kind of sign out immediately and you don't really get that chance to mm -hmm. talk to people and ask them questions or follow up or, you know, discuss things with them or invite them out for coffee. Um, whereas in person, you know, you definitely had the opportunity to hang around and to chat with people and introduce yourself and things like that. So I think that, I think that was nice, but on track with it being a reunion after people not seeing each other for a year and a half, like it was a little bit harder co to connect with, with mm -hmm. people because everyone was trying to catch up with someone that they hadn't seen in a year and a half or two years. And so for example, uh, I kept, you know, I ran into Deb Thomas, who was on our podcast, who I've met before. And every single time we'd run into each other and I wanted to be like, oh, let's grab a coffee or something. I was rushing somewhere. She was rushing somewhere. Mm -hmm. I was on a phone call. You know, she was going to a panel. So, you know, we didn't, we didn't quite get to connect. But, um, you know, hopefully there will be time for that. Yeah. And I think, you know, people are trying to connect if you've been dodging emails and calling it the <laughs> pandemic, um, 
pandemic dodge, you know, I may or may not be one of those people. People pull up on you in person, you know? Yeah. Um, yep. And so if you're that, trying to avoid people, the conference is not for you. <laughs> <laughs> truly, um, truly. And I learned that the hard way. I'm sure there, if you attended, you also were like, oh, yeah. I think because there are also fewer people who came. So it was a much higher opportunity for you to, even if it was a fly by night sighting, see folks. Um, yeah, we, what did we do? Hmm. We had a round table. We were busy. Um, we were busy. We were hopping and popping. Um, <laughs> hopping. I, I'm going to leave that alone. I wasn't even going to explain that. We were hopping and popping. Um, <laughs> we had a round table with other anthro podcasters on mm-hmm. last Wednesday. So, yeah. By the the time f- it was the this. first day, the first day of yeah. the conference, the first session. They and really just threw us out there bam uh it was virtual because i had a virtual experience and then we also there was someone from the uk on the panel as well so i Mm -hmm. think this necessitated it being virtual um my reflections about it was that definitely uh i i had laryngitis so i was not able to speak and it was quite pitiful um (laughs) y'all i did i did all the talking you (laughs) You all, you know, I told you I'm not great off the cuff. I get very nervous. I've got that social phobia thing going on, but I did it and I was so proud of myself. You did such a great job. Like, I was just like, wow, I did not need to be here. You did such a great job. Um, you were you were holding it down in, in the, the chat, chat, though. You were really holding it down. Because I sounded like someone had, take, had taken slices of my voice, you know? Like, it was really, it's not giving what I was supposed, supposed to have gave. Um, so we showed up and I would say that it was definitely a learning experience for both of us on what kind of like anthropological podcasts are out there. And for those Mm -hmm. of you where we're the only one you listen to, right, there are others, right? There are others that talk about archaeology and make it relatable to popular culture. Um, one of the persons on the panel he is not an anthropologist, TM, but he uses a lot of <laughs> anthropology to assess what's happening um, in, in his country and, and going on in the world. He also talks into a spoon, which I thought was like <laughs> interesting, but you know, he's on YouTube. So I think YouTubers can have that little like flair. You mm-hmm. know, we, we don't have that flair on the podcast world. I do think well, we that have a kind of flair. We do. <laughs> we do. We have we bring a little flavor to something. Um, mm-hmm. but <laughs> not spoons. So he brings the spoons and we bring the flavor. How about that? Boom. <laughs> we bring the seasoning. Bring the seasoning. We bring the spice. <laughs> <laughs> um I I'll speak for myself. I, I think that will be the last roundtable that I will attend as a participant that talks about podcasting because I feel like um, that's not really like, yes, we can talk about it as podcasters, but that's not our main intervention as our daughters. Like, we're not here to be a podcast to be a podcast, right? Like, right. Um, so there's so many, there's only so many conversations that I think we can have on a public platform about podcasting as an intervention in and of itself. Um so yeah exactly I think you know I think it's something that's becoming popular there was an article in 
I think it was Inside Higher Education, mm-hmm. um, where they were talking about how can we how can we get podcasting to be taken more seriously and all of those kinds of things. And that's great. You know, like we've said, this has definitely helped our scholarly profile. Um, you know, while we were at the AAAs, people were like, oh, my students listen to your podcast. Yeah, the, you know, my cute. students love your podcast. I teach your podcast. And we are so grateful mm-hmm. for everyone who's putting our podcast out there and, like, to all of the students who are listening and citing the podcast in their papers. And Dr. Lorian Bowles was like, yeah, my students cite, my, cite your podcast. I was like, no way. That's hilarious <laughs> right. and awesome. Um, and, and we very much appreciate that. I think one of the questions that we got asked on the roundtable, it was about, you know, how we combat negative stereotypes and, mm-hmm. you know, um, harmful you know, harmful ideas and stereotypes and ideologies on on the podcast. And the way that I answered the question was, we don't combat. You know, we're not, as I said, we're not anyone's bulldogs. We're not anyone's mm-hmm. mules. We This podcast is for uplifting people like us, people in our communities. And, of course, whoever wants to participate in that by listening is very welcome. But, of course, we center the black women, non-binary folks, femmes, trans people who listen to this podcast right and I think there was a moment where I had to get a little clicky clack on the keyboard (laughs) in the chat um because one of the things that I find interesting too um is as black women we are invited to bring a certain type of voice onto these kind of conversations about podcasting right and what I saw happening was kind of and Alyssa's answer being, how do I say this? Um, your answer speaking from our particular positions as black women, right? And this like political choice we make not to do what we're called to do all the time, which is which is speak to mainstream life, right? In a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that being kind of defanged or ignored and said, well, yeah, like, you know, as a white person, I too choose not to be combative. And it's like, no, honey, that's, um, you know, that's actually not true. Um, <laughs> or like not yeah. the same thing. And so I had to get spicy in the chat on that, um, just to clarify that, like, even if you see yourself as doing the same thing, like we're not, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, we're, we're not. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> that was, That, like I said, was just an experience where I was like, okay, like, I think that is a space where for our first AAA together, I I think that was a good starting point for us. Um, And hopefully in the future, if Zora's Daughters does come back to AAA as a, you know, representing the podcast and not ourselves, it would be in a different kind of environment. Like, would love to do a meet and greet kind of thing or like mm-hmm. a talk back or something like that. That would be really cool. I think. Yeah. Um, Cause we met, we actually met a few of our listeners as well, not just professors, but yeah, like actual <laughs> people who were listening. And that was like, it was such a surreal moment for, for me um, to be like, Oh my gosh, like this person listens and is excited to meet me. And I'm like, Hey, <laughs> Hey girl. Um, Listen, everyone was excited to meet you despite the podcast <laughs> they were just like okay so for those of you who are of course not 
who are involved in anthropology or in ABA or Transforming Anthropology, which is kind of the, the journal of the ABA. There was um, a triple A bingo put out by Transforming Anthropology and the ABA. It was just a little bit of fun. Um, and of course, it was, you know, one of these bingos where it's like things that you've done at the triple A. So, you know, there are things on there like, you know, meet Deborah Thomas or, you know, see uh, Lee Baker's bow tie and they or, um, you know, listen to a panel about black feminist anthropology. And then, of course, who else is on there but the <laughs> Brendan A. Times <laughs> as, one of, as one of the options. And I was just like, I, I actually didn't see it when I first started filling it Me out to either. put it on the ZD page. And when I was checking things off, I was like, Brendan Times? <laughs> who is She's that? a celebrity. She's a celebrity. <laughs> who is that? Um <laughs> No, I didn't notice it either until I didn't. I shared it, and then I think <laughs> I just saw it like a second before you sent the DM and was like, "Did you know that your, like your name was on this?" And I was like, "Oh wow!" And in my head, I was like, "Wow, the gag is I have a virtual ticket, so I <laughs> so six people are gonna be checking that one off. <laughs> it's like they're gonna be like maybe six people who can say that they saw me, but um, I was able to." slide into a few events um without being registered um so yeah that was that was a funny moment too I yeah I really thought it was interesting I think I'm always like no I'm just a regular regular girl from you know the Bronx or whatever I'm just kidding from uh (laughs) from Columbia South Carolina just be minding my business but uh it was so nice to come like really connect with people Mm -hmm. and play the bingo game and do like all of the things we went out to dinner at yes. a, a fun spot oh my was... gosh it was so y'all i was feeling sick the whole week and we went and had this nice dinner i had the best butternut squash soup i have ever had and the last few bites my stomach was hurting so much but i was just like trying to get it in <laughs> i had to cancel my entree uh they're really sweet about it though and it was just amazing definitely we're gonna, we're gonna have to go back there so I can get my pumpkin yes. spice crusted salmon. Please get <laughs> so it. So basic. Look, I don't think that's that doesn't sound basic to me at all. I no, feel it's, like... it's it's the pumpkin spice latte of of <laughs> seafood. No, I'm kidding. Um, but yes, we're getting off track. I did want to say you also had a panel. The panel uh, was fire. An actual panel. Y'all gave papers, um, and Brendan recited the most beautiful poem during her talk cough cough she wrote it (laughs) i was so incredibly moved um and the folks on her panel just had such such wonderful talks and um the respondent the discussant who was Anne maria makudu so engaged had you know she was so she was so impressed by the talks and and did like a really great job of synthesizing um, the papers and the ideas that you guys were putting out there. So I was super impressed. I was proud. <laughs> Thank you. I will say, you know, Anne Maria is that girl. Um, been that girl. <laughs> <laughs> and um, if she, Anne Maria, if you're listening, um, that just means that I really like you. And so, because uh, <laughs> she'll be like, what does that mean? Um, but yeah, she's that girl. Um, and we have been 
Like she's been like a mentor, an academic mother of sorts to me uh, since undergraduate. And so to really just be able to be on a panel with her was an honor in and of itself. Um, and to have her read my work was an honor, um, at least at this stage, because I'm sure she, my thinking has evolved since she worked with me as a 21-year-old. Um, mm. And yeah, that poem is actually something that I've been tinkering with since my senior year in college and adding pieces of it, adding pieces to it, taking pieces away from it. Um, and one day on the podcast, when I'm feeling real inspired, maybe I'll share, I'll share, um, <laughs> I realized as you were talking that you had like never heard me perform before. Probably, I probably have never even read my poetry. Um, and so I think I did when you did black feminist kitchen. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Did we maybe, but maybe you didn't do your own work that time. No, I think I read, um, somebody else's, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I used to be do spoken word and stuff in college. Like I was, I hear it. I heard it. Def Jam. I heard it in the delivery. You know? Uh, <laughs> um, but one day maybe I'll share. I was so glad that you were there and um, the audience, the tele-audience to give support and just give your own feedback. And a lot of folks actually, I was surprised at how well attended it was considering it was Saturday in the middle of the afternoon. Um, I was just being able to really speak and almost sound like myself. So the whole time mm. I was talking, I could feel like my voice box being like, okay, girl, wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up. <laughs> um, but I was so glad I was able to just like get through the talk um, and that the, the beauty of, of, the poem, of the poem was able to like translate across the screen. Uh, we basically, we were three Columbia students, form, and Amelia, the former Columbia student, trying to talk about violence in the in the field and the different registers of that and what mm -hmm. we witnessed or experienced as black women um and yeah i talked about ethics and black feminist care um or ethics of care and what that looks like in actually writing about gendered violence and um, against black women and so i thought that that's something that i'm still working through in my dissertation so we'll see how it comes out um, did you have like a favorite panel or a favorite moment in the conference? I'll say that for my, for my favorite panel, there was a really great panel on commodities. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I've of course been thinking about is how am I going to quote unquote, to use this very capitalist, uh, language brand myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and just thinking about where I feel like I align, um, who and what kind of work I want to be in conversation with. And that was, that was um, and this is not including ABA panels, of course, but that was probably one of the most interesting panels I had been to. There was a professor talking about, um, talking about coffee, someone else talking about like the, uh, the illegal trade of succulent plants, mm. <laughs> which was really, which is actually really interesting. Um, you know, folks talking about potatoes in Peru and how uh, the demand for potatoes get changed based on, um, based on like the demands from, uh, what are they called? From like chefs and stuff. They might ask for, you know, these colorful potatoes. Was it Peru or Ecuador? Anyways. 
um, they get they get asked they they put these colorful potatoes on the plates and then they want smaller ones so that they can use smaller portions and so that it'll look nice on their you know very high haute cuisine plates mm. um, and that that of course changes like production processes and and things like that and I was like this is this is where I'm at this is super interesting um, for me but one thing that I I noticed about the panels is just like, for example, your panel was perfect. Like, yours was well put together. You guys were speaking to each other um, and, like, in conversation with each other in a really interesting way. Some of the other panels, it was just like, I'm talking about this in this place. I'm talking about something kind of completely different in this place. But the panel is about, uh, I'm just looking at my book. The panel is about imperialism. So mm -hmm. they would add... And then the imperial XYZ <laughs> in the conclusion of their paper. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I think what I always hope for, what I, what I would love to see, and you said that this is super nerdy, but I was just like, I would just love to see people sitting down, being given a topic, and actually discussing it with each other, mm. rather than everyone just talking about their research in these, in like these very discreet ways. I want to hear like, you know, what does, I'm just naming random names now, you know, what does Deb Thomas and David Scott and Ryan Jobson, I'm just naming random names, y'all, uh, like, what are your opinions on reparations? Let's talk about that. Where do you disagree? Where do you agree? But then mm -hmm. again, there's a question. Do any, does anyone in academia actually disagree? <laughs> or do you just slightly differ? Ooh. Like, I agree with you. Uh, I really like the point you make here. I think I differ on this point, and et cetera, et cetera. So I, I miss the days, not that I was there for it, but I miss the days of like Foucault and Zizek going at it or something. <laughs> like, that's yeah. what I want to see on these panels. I feel like, yeah, I feel like that. So I don't, so the super nerdy part about it, y'all, was Alyssa <laughs> was like, oh yeah, over dinner. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, no, I was talking about a Jeffersonian dinner. Oh, it's like a particular kind of, it's, so, oh my bad so that's how i yeah, interpreted it so that was me just kidding um that was that was all me so yeah no i think that is probably what people imagine round tables to be mm. but not actually how they function um mm -hmm. in real life and yeah. i wondered maybe if we decide to do an event in the future um and y'all let us know if if y'all attend these conferences if if you would like to see an event like this like Maybe that's something how we structure it. And we say, you know, mm -hmm. don't come with a prepared paper. Come with a set yep. of talking points. Here are questions. And we're really going to structure this as a conversation. Mm -hmm. um, I think that would be, it would be nice and refreshing to, like, watch. Um, and we, I don't know, who knows? We might change the game, the conference Yeah, game. I mean, that, I don't know if anyone's read that conversation. I think it's between Margaret Mead and James Baldwin. What? Margaret Mead had the honor of talking mm -hmm. to James Baldwin. Yeah, they, it's it was called A Rap on Race from wow. 1971. And so, yeah, I mean, something like that would be so cool to see. I feel like we don't really see those kinds of conversations happening. Mm -hmm. um, the back and forth and the challenging you know, challenging one another. It's a lot more like I speak than you speak than the other person speaks on, on panels. 
things like that. And then maybe we'll get a question that pushes us to think across the three papers or Mm -hmm. question that really invokes conversation or disagreement. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, maybe maybe that's the nerd in me. Um, But, I mean, there are some people I would love to see have a discussion debate in a cordial way, of course, and, like, something where it's going to be well-moderated, not violent, um, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. But that's just me imagining, thinking out no. loud. But, yeah. I didn't I didn't attend any panels this time. I was like, let me just rest my body and my voice as much as possible, mm. given the circumstances. Um, but I did go to our friend Maya had an, a roundtable that was, mm-hmm. like, right after mine. So I, I was like, let me log in to that one. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm looking forward to catching the recording of our friend's panel that was on Thursday when it finally is set up online. Um, and I think there are a few other panels as I was like looking through the program um, that I was like, okay, maybe <laughs> if they record it, I'll be able to catch it later because right now my body is like, if you don't stay on this couch, um, it's not, you're yeah, not going to get better enough. no time it was, soon. You needed to rest. You needed to rest, <laughs> and it was being recorded. Yeah, so when I went to this conference, I definitely prioritized the in-person stuff because mm-hmm. I figured, even if I'm not, and I know people are like, is there going to be a recording? And maybe people watch it. I don't think that many people who ask for the recordings of talks actually listen to them, but I figured at the very least I will um, check out like the main talking points kind of thing and see if I want to listen more to it. But you did also ask my favorite moment, and my favorite moment was the wonderful doctor, mm, Chelsea doctor. Carter, receiving the Gwaltney Scholarship. Um, and that was from the Association of Black Anthropologists. It was at the reception, and we were actually sitting right next to each other. And as I was sitting down from receiving my award, her name got called, and she was so surprised, so happy. She was just like, what? what? (laughs) They never even told me I was getting this. (laughs) So it was just funny and it was heartwarming because, you know, she's so, so deserving of all the Mm. accolades. Um, You know, hardest working person and show business. (laughs) Yes. I mean, not only was she on several panels doing a variety of jobs, she also organized this really amazing um, speed mentoring event that I'll talk about a little bit later. But yeah, so that was my favorite, like, within the conference moment. Of course, there was our like leather gang uh, night. Gang, that, gang. that was really fun. That was when we went to that nice restaurant. Um, and then of course, just being able to share space with so many incredible and brilliant people, you know, especially after two years of this virtual interaction, it was really inspiring and affirming. Yeah, it was, it was truly amazing. I think as someone who has made it part of my personality that I don't leave my house. <laughs> I um, I was like, okay, this is definitely, despite the hiccups of just like trying to navigate a hybrid experience, which I think mm-hmm. was bound to happen. Yeah. You know, um, no matter how much money you pay for a platform, shit goes down. Uh, it was good to like get to the hotel meet people, get drinks on who whatever school's tab was there, um, <laughs> major key. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I I did that, but it was cool to <laughs> to um, participate in like getting to know people and, and catching up with folks, um, and even meeting like new people. I thought I was like, okay, I, I actually can be outside and mm-hmm. enjoy my my time um, and not be just staring at my Zoom screen the whole time. Um, in our leather moment, you know, I had a vision and it and it came to fruition. Um, the and vision. It like, was visioned. Like the vision visioned. It visioned. I'm just, I'm just adding, I'm adding gerunds <laughs> and past tenses to everything. You know, from this point forward, <laughs> what are words? I think the vision, it really, the vision visioned. Um, okay, the our- fact that we all showed up in like black and rust, black and burnt orangey kind of colors without being planned was just like, our minds. Our minds. Our minds. So the pictures <laughs> popped. The pictures popped severely. It was mm-hmm. great. Um, the, yeah, I just think overall it was a very positive experience. So I, I really, I'm so glad that you came down. I'm so glad that everybody came down and we had a good motherfucking time. Yeah. Um, yes. I think, yeah, the, we said we were going to talk about the ABA reception a little more. So this is for our folks who are, you know, can be called black anthropologists. You know, this is a reception that usually is like a family reunion, professional family reunion. It, it really, really was. <laughs> the elders always have their time to speak. And I love hearing the elders talk because I feel like I'm, you know, I'm that person that's like, yes, tell me how it used to be back in yes. the day, please. So I know that it's not that very <laughs> different. Um, <laughs> But I will. We we also have to say that this is it was the fiftieth anniversary of the mm-hmm. ABA, so there was a lot of doing it big, a lot of round tables around, you know, what the ABA was was up to, has you know, will be up to, and all those kinds of things. And so yes. there was there there was definitely a lot more space to speak about how things how things were, um, and the kinds of developments that were happening, like. Dr. Faye Harrison got up there. Mm-hmm. She was talking. She was telling her story, and she was, she was like correcting. Um, I just know his first Michael, name. <laughs> Michael Michael Blakey. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I just know his first name is Michael. Yep. He he was like, oh, this is what happened. This is how we came up with the name. And Dr. Harrison was like, no, that's not no. what happened. I'm gonna tell you what happened. And he was like, okay, you take the mic now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they had and of this... course like Dr. Dr. Sheila Walker. Like Period. she was up there just looking resplendent and this like red dress long tunic thing and like with her short cut hair and I was just Mm. like "Mm, that is my that is my senior academic aesthetic like what untouchable and I got the receipts to back it up she's like (laughs) yeah I wrote this 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 and this and this but people were still trying to act like I didn't deserve tenure I was like Mm. Not not you having a CV longer than most people's and them they acting up and that still being the experience. And then um, was she the one who said like her professor said you should be a dancer. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> it's a shame. It's a shame how shit change but don't. Um it, the end of the the reception, you know, after all the ceremony, they gave out the awards for folks and 
you know, there's usually a part where we turn up. So the DJ had the music going. Alyssa had to leave. Cause... I had to leave. I wasn't feeling well again. Brendan had to get up in the middle of the speeches and grab me the food. Because <laughs> I was like, yeah. I think I'm, I'm feeling sick. Um, but that was like, but... that was nothing, y'all. I don't know. I appreciate it because you know I would have been too shy to do it. But Brennan was just like, she just walked up, grabbed the box, and like threw it at me. And was like, here you go. Not in a rude way, of course. I was trying to um, pass it to you so like quickly so that they couldn't say anything, you know, just like here before they noticed that I just ran up and took this food. Oh, I think when I think when people saw me like slowly eating a little bit of the apple, they were probably like, oh, I see what's happening. She's sick, but. Um, I heard that the wobble happened Hmm. and I want to know about it. Who was joining in on the wobble? Like, was Berta Louis doing the wobble? (laughs) Was the wonderful Rache J. Daniel Barnes doing the wobble? Rache was doing the the wobble for sure. (gasps) Um, uh, Pasama... Hey girl. Um, hey girl. <laughs> was there? Kami was doing it with us. It was and it was like an appropriate length wobble too, because you know some DJs play the whole song and it's like you know it's been a <laughs> pandemic. Some of us exercise, but some of us made well, being at home part of our personality. So, <laughs> so I could only do about a two and a half minute wobble. I did join in. I was like you know. I should probably go home, but who who are me not to live up to my Southern <laughs> lifestyle and not participate? But I was the only one who did the like, I don't know if you know, there's two, there's like a few different versions. So I did the so shuffle. I actually don't know how to do the wobble. Okay. So that's going to, our next time we see each other, we're yeah. going to practice that. And so I'll teach you both versions. So okay, I did great. the one that like, there's like a shuffle. Mm-hmm. In the middle of it, and people were like, "What?" I was like, "Wow, y'all don't know about the <laughs> shuffle, that South Carolina thing." But um, that was fun, and I was convincing myself that it helped the laryngitis go away. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, there was a wobble. There was good music going. Like people, I think people were in there partying way past the time that I left, and I left pretty. I feel like you left kind of when things were formally done. I think I mm-hmm. le- left like an hour after you and people okay. were still in there going. Um, <laughs> I wish some of the elders had joined us in the wobble, but they were like cheering and um, taking pictures and stuff. It, it just felt very love family, fam- very family reunion uh, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so then we want to talk about the elephant in the room, which is uh, when, when we are present, people are always hating on us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think if folks were following the tweets, probably saw some tweets about folks being anti-black at the conference. Mm-hmm. That when was... are people not? <laughs> when are people not? But you know, this was this was particularly interesting. Yeah, I you, would you, say you take the floor because yeah, I was gonna say how, I'm this. like yeah. as you're talking, I'm like, how do I say this? Um. Yeah, I think it's one thing to to talk about ethics and solidarity, right? It's another to actually practice them. If you do believe in, quote, solidarity across racial or ethnic lines, right? Um, and a lot of times I think people think 
solidarity and accountability and solidarity looks like calling out black people for not including them mm-hmm. in their calls for whatever. And so that was one of the anti-black things that was happening, right? Like, um, I am of the opinion, the controversial opinion that black people do not necessarily need to explicitly say or call you into our movements, right? Mm. Like I, I'm of the opinion of just like, if, if it's black liberation and we truly believe that black people sit in the matrix of domination or whatever, and where we sit, when we get free, all y'all get free off rip, right? So, and we saw this kind of last last summer with the kind of Asian American, black American faux rivalry that people were constructing. Um, mm-hmm. And that what was happening at the conference was this pitting against of the contributions of indigenous anthropologist scholars and um, black anthropologist scholars um, in ways that was really truly anti-black because it wasn't black people saying anything. It was people showing up to black, black women making comments, Mm -hmm. right. And, and being anti-black and saying, well, why aren't you doing these things that actually position us um, higher than you as a black scholar? And so I always struggle when I see those things happening because the fighter in me, the Leo Mars is one of the one you know want to bite back. <laughs> but then the professional in me is like, don't. Uh, <laughs> you don't got no job. So don't. <laughs> but uh, I definitely observed that on Twitter. And as someone who like wasn't there in person or didn't really go to various panels, I was like, I wonder how this person's comment was contorted in order to fit this critique, quote unquote, that you have, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, because even thinking about what you said on our panel, right? And like how that was contorted. Um, And the tweet that I saw, which was a complete distortion of what was tweeted from the Transforming Anthropology page um, to fit a particular agenda, which was the rightful agenda, which is the increased inclusion of indigenous scholars. Mm-hmm. So it's one thing to to argue for that and let that be your fight all on its own. It's another to see black people celebrating themselves and each other and say, but what about us? Um, and so I think yep. folks who are thinking about interracial solidarity, um, interethnic solidarity, et cetera, need to be thoughtful about the ways that you are co- subconsciously and consciously asking black people to carry you across the bridge to freedom. Mm. Um because what would it have looked like to say at AAA, this was an amazing um, talk. Why don't we lobby for an indigenous scholar to lead the keynote next year? Right. Yeah. That's a completely different tweet than you said natives. Well, why did you say natives? And then we're not supposed to you know, like that's completely different yeah. than, a, than an attack. Um, but yeah, it, it gives it gives very hater energy, and I don't like it because we don't we're not all fighting for the same piece of the pie, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're not all fighting for that. But that's really that's really all I have to say about that. I did hear some quite familiar words being passed around from presentation mm. to presentation. I know you also yep. were privy to some. Things. I was hearing I was hearing some very familiar verbiage mm-hmm. that I have heard. That I have said 
<laughs> that you have said um, that folks we know have said um, in people's presentations. Uh, I know we're not supposed to talk about this, probably, especially not as grad students, but theft is a thing mm -hmm. in academia for all of the um, ethics talk and the anti-plagiarism talk. Um, there is definitely, there, there's definitely a contingent of people who don't present their research or who present particular parts of their research or don't give everything away until they've actually published something because theft is a thing. Yeah. And, I think and it's some of y'all's faves. And it's some of the, our faves' favorite thing to do. It's the mm -hmm. fave faves, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the fave that's all we That's all we can say before we get tenure. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, and I think that's not really reflected in our do's and don'ts, but we'll come back mm -hmm. to that. Like, the do's and don'ts of conferences and when it comes to sharing your work. Um, so, yes. yeah. Maybe, the, maybe we should and, transition yeah. to that. Our do's and yes. don'ts. Yes. All right. Our transition. Also, I just want to say, y'all, we're actually pretty much speaking off the cuff, um, <laughs> and we did not plan or script this episode as we usually do. Um, so please let us know if you liked, if you like this episode, if you like how it's going, if you're enjoying the conversation, and if you would like us to do more episodes like this, where it's just us um, going back and forth and and chatting and shooting the shit like we usually do, <laughs> just not on the air, you know. <laughs> yes. Definitely not. So, um, our do's and don'ts. My first one that I will say is do look up who will be there in advance. Yeah, don't do okay? that. Okay. <laughs> look, yeah, look up, look up who's going to be speaking on the panels. Um, if you want to meet them, you can email them in advance to set up a coffee meeting, or you can just accost them, which is kind of what I did, like with Dr. Cami Maddox Winfield. She's she was fantastic. She's lovely. Um, and yeah, there were some people that I would have liked to have talked to, like Deborah Thomas, as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, she was, she was on our episode on reparations and we just kept kind of running into each other and saying, hi, how are you? Let's see, when will I see? Okay. You know, kind of mm -hmm. one of those things. Um, I definitely should have contacted her in advance, you know, since she's in very high demand, she's, she's very wanted. Yes. Um, and so as far as preparing, I fumbled. I fumbled a chat, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I approached uh, Dr. Faye Harrison. You know, she had just given the distinguished, distinguished lecture and I introduced myself and I choked. I choked, okay. I was just like, this is a really great talk. Thank you so much. Like, enjoy your dinner. <laughs> <laughs> she was on the way to dinner with Akil Gupta and, you know, mm. after the after the lecture. So I also didn't want to hold her or anything. But, you know, afterwards I was like, oh, I could have said, you know, outsider within was so important to me or at least something like that. Um, you know, I've mentioned it before. I have social phobia. My therapist told me so. I'm not just Instagram diagnosing myself. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, Instagram works when it works. <laughs> it does. But, you know, therapists do too. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but what that means is a lot of the time my mind goes blank when I'm under pressure or when I'm anxious. So I think prepping in advance, um, you know, definitely would have helped there. Because, of course, after 
with my L'Esprit de l'Escalier, you know, I, I was like, oh, this is what I could have said. But yeah. in the moment, nerve wracking. So yes, look up who will be there in advance. Think about some talking points. Yeah, and when Alyssa says a cost, um, she does not literally mean a cost. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> we, I just meant kindly and gently approach gently people approach. from the front <laughs> so that they can see me. You know, <laughs> so that um, they can see me coming and waving. Um, also, I've spoken to her before over Zoom, so there was a lot of um, me pulling my mask down for a second so people would recognize me and then waving, and then that look of recognition being like, "Oh, hi, <laughs> it's you." <laughs> you know. Meanwhile, I was like, "Take my mask off for you." <laughs> no thanks. Not off. I would slowly pull it down. Put or I would just put it down a little. Put it back up. <laughs> You know, I was like, wow. <laughs> Some, I was recognized by a few people that I was like, you have not seen me with a hair like this. And the fact that you know who I am really means Brendan, it's nasty. you're famous. You're a it's... bingo card. <laughs> you're on the bingo card. You're famous. Oh, goodness. My heart. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, yo, when I was trying to be incognito, it was not working. <laughs> no. Nope. It was not working. Um, another do that I'll say here. It's make sure that you schedule time to meet up with your friends and explore the city. So bring some non-conference clothes, right? So that you're not out here in the streets looking like you sit in front of your computer all day. Even know. if you do. Even if you do. <laughs> and, you know, get off, get out of the building. Take the lanyard off. Go explore these places. Um, Definitely I'm, take the lanyard off in Baltimore. Oh, for real. Like, you don't, <laughs> you don't want to be marked as a tourist. Um, here for a variety of reasons but just one like you know get out get out and about you don't want to be holed up in your hotel room or your airbnb or wherever you choose to stay doing work all the time and i think conferences are an opportunity to network of course but i -hmm. think they're also an opportunity to like feed other parts of yourself in addition to your academic self so my favorite thing to do at conferences is to hit up people that i know who are going to be in town and plan Mm -hmm. a dinner and if these are people that I'm real, real cool with, you know, then we're going to go out. Like, we're going to maybe have drinks at a bar or go out dancing and, like, really experience a little bit of life in the city. And that's also yeah. why you're there, like, to stimulate the local economy. So do that. <laughs> and we definitely did that. You know. <laughs> those... Thank you, Amex. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Hilton Honors. Uh... <laughs> this is not an ad. Um, Yeah, especially with those changing, shifting prices on crab cakes. uh, Mm -hmm. Definitely threw me for a loop. So definitely read the fine print. (laughs) Supply chain issues. I think I yelled that at the reception, actually. (laughs) Dr. Barnes was like, oh, your gifts didn't come in time. And I was like, supply chain issues. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm the worst. Anyhow... (laughs) On the note, following up with Brendan, there's also the question of don't overschedule yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't close yourself off to opportunities, right? So it depends where you are in your program. So, you know, if you're an undergraduate versus if you're on the job market, either way, stay open to opportunities. So a lot of things just happen because you're at a panel and then people will invite you to do things. People are like, mm-hmm. oh, we're getting a drink after the panel. Why don't you come? And then you end up, you know, having dinner with someone who wrote the book that you are 
focused on in one of your chapters of your dissertation or something like that, you know? So just like field work, you got to go with the flow. Mm -hmm. And in terms of where you are in your program, I can't really speak to people who are, you know, to folks who are on the job market as that's not where either of us are right now. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're an undergrad, you know, just start talking to people about your interests, ask about grad school or other kinds of, you know, alternative academic jobs, if that's what you're interested in. There was an entire panel actually about like anthropologists outside of the academy. There's another one about anthropologists in different departments. So anthropologists who are in economics and uh, philosophy departments. I don't think it was philosophy, but definitely like economics and mm. um, people who are in like climate change schools and stuff like that. So um, it's a good it's a good opportunity to talk to people about what you can do with your degree um, in anthropology. And then if you, I think if you are where we are, I think it's actually the most fun. Mm -hmm. Maybe not you because you're writing up now and, and you have work that you presented and can be presenting. Um, but I think it's the most fun because you're not really on the market as such. I mean, of course, you're ugh, I hate saying on the market again. So capitalist. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but, you but know, isn't that, that's not the language, though. That is how. We yeah, that's, the, it, that's yeah. just the language. So, you know, but for me, the stakes the pressure, it's pretty low. I can just, you know, talk to people and connect with them. And, um, you know, what I think was important was starting to build a network of mentors mm -hmm. um, and people who will become my mentors, hopefully, as I grow and get to know them better and um, we connect more. Um, and so on that note, I wanted to talk about um, about the speed mentoring session uh, that Dr. Chelsea Carter organized. It was yes. amazing. There were like 30 professors, 30 mentors, um, all in different stages of their academic careers. And there were five rounds and you got to spend 15 minutes with, with a specific professor related to your work um, or who you might've wanted to speak to. And you could ask them any questions. And it was just like very open, very supportive. Um, and, you know, I met with a couple folks that I had met before and spoken to before, and then some others that, you know, I wanted to get to know a little bit. And then part of the deal is that they're going to follow up with you and, um, in the future and yeah. And then you get some advice and I got some really great advice. That's really cool. The following mm -hmm. up piece is the coolest piece yeah. of that to me. Um, and I think that's what distinguishes that event from other speed more mentoring events that I've heard about. Mm -hmm. So that's really, yeah, that's really amazing. I think also something, pulling out something from what you said about mentorship um, as something as a relationship that develops over time. I think one of the movie stories about academia is that you kind of like stumble upon these mentorship relationships. And from that point forward, this person is as invested in and you as you are and like them, but it actually is a relationship just like any other that takes time to develop. And maybe a conference is a place where you do have that initial conversation, but then you're able to like grow that. So I think that is also something important to note. So if you don't meet new people at conferences or potential mentors at conferences, that's not a negative thing either. There's other opportunities to like meet folks. So don't feel the pressure to like, do that um I will say yeah going with the flow is 
what allows me to make organic connections that I think last for years and not just with professors, but also with mm-hmm. other students. Like you want to, um, let's say build your network vertically and horizontally, because mm. one day it, if I ever decide to become a professor, you know, <laughs> I'm going to have like a group of people who are in that same kind of position as me and we're able to read each other's work, offer feedback, offer support, wear matching outfits at conferences. That's going to be a thing <laughs> moving forward. Um, I want to say, though, as a don't, right, don't feel pressured to do social events or activities that take you out of your comfort zone and particularly make you feel yeah. unsafe. Um, so that is an issue at conferences, especially for those of us who are marginalized due to our gender. Um, so if you identify as a woman, um, in particular, sometimes you get invitations to do things, right. That take you out of your comfort zone or make you feel unsafe. And I want to bookmark, um, just based on what I've heard from people's experiences with conferences and also from my own experience with, a professor at a conference um, a few years ago to just say like, you don't need to agree to every coffee date or drink invitation or any other invitation just because a professor or someone in power mm-hmm. invites you to that. Sometimes that might be an opportunity, yes, to mentor or chat, but other times, like I've heard of people meeting up with folks um, after panels and being invited to dates or being, mm-hmm. you know, um, or being put in other compromising situations. And so that's something that you definitely want to say, okay, let me gauge this person, see if this is something that makes me feel comfortable, that feels edifying, that contributes to my growth. Um, and if it doesn't, then say, well, actually, I plan to go to this panel at this time, or actually, you know, yeah. and just, or I have to work on my paper, even if you don't have a paper, mm-hmm. you know, something like that, um, and try to get out of the situation as easily as possible or as safely as possible. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think it's important to say that and make sure that that is underlined for folks. Yeah. Um, on, the, on the note of mentoring, I think I should say, I want to say, don't think that you need a specific ask mm-hmm. to reach out. Maybe that's just me, but being first gen, and one of the things I'll say is that in Canada, there isn't really this... This emphasis, at least not when I was an undergrad, um, on seeking out or cultivating mentors, right? I So I hadn't really developed this skill. And so even if they were people I'd want to connect with, I wouldn't really reach out unless I had something specific, right? Like mm-hmm. something specific I thought of. You know, I thought, I thought if I was just like, oh, hey, I want to chat, they'd be like, I don't have time for this. Ain't nobody got time for that, mm-hmm. right? But then also dropping in someone's inbox with a request when you've never met them before that's not cute either and i learned that the hard way (laughs) (laughs) but i did learn (laughs) um and so during that uh, mentoring event uh dr sarah bruno she told me to be very specific about what i'm looking for you know she was just like well i'm (laughs) i'm paraphrasing she didn't say this but don't just (laughs) pop up in an inbox talking about I just want to chat with you because you're famous or something like that, mm-hmm. right? You should talk about what about their work interests you, why they might be able to help you. You know, some people, some professors, particularly black women professors, mm-hmm. they get these kinds of requests all the time. So don't take it personally 
right? If they're like, no, I don't have time. I can't take this on. I've definitely gotten that. Um, you just have to find your person, so to speak, right? But for many professors, it's part of their ethics to mentor students. And a lot of them are really interested in helping people from similar backgrounds to mm -hmm. them or people who have had challenging backgrounds and supporting them through, um, you know, through a program, getting them into academia because they understand that our voices being present in that place, in that space, uh, is very important. So definitely don't be afraid to let them know something like, hey, I'm a black woman, I'm, I'm in an all-white department, and I'm writing about black people, and no one's going to read my work the, the way that it needs to be read. So I want to develop a relationship with someone who will hold me accountable to black studies and to black people. You could like you can totally say something like that if that's the case for right. you. So find out what your specific ask is that you want to develop over time, but don't necessarily ask them to do labor for you in right. the first <laughs> in the first uh, email. Yeah, I think the way that I've approached people, which has worked and uh, sometimes doesn't work, so take it with a grain of salt. It's just, you know, you read something of theirs, and if this is someone whose work changes, literally how you approach your own, right? I usually come in with the, your work is so impactful to me because of X, Y, and Z, and the ways that I'm thinking about X, Y, and Z. I would like to talk more about that. And since it's stuff they've already written, unless it was, you know, written in 1985, they don't need to <laughs> revisit it, right? There's no work on their part. And it's just usually this, this person is able to help you think more through your ideas through that way. Um, but yeah, just I want to chat with you because you're famous, you know, you know, there's that there, you can you've already had a connection or established connection with them through their quote fame, right, or through their work it doesn't necessarily have to evolve into like a personal relationship because um, mm -hmm. no, no person has the capacity to have a personal relationship with everyone who interacts with their work. Like nobody can do that. And if you, yeah. and if you try to do that, I feel like that would just, you know, just make you crazy. <laughs> um, one of the things, I guess another don't that I'll offer kind of along the lines of just like being at panels presenting work because I've witnessed this happen and people have attempted to do this to me don't feel pressured to send your papers to people who mm. ask for them mm. um, and yes it might feel like an honor as a graduate student if you're an undergrad or wherever you are um, but know that you are in a vulnerable position because you may or may not have a name for yourself and may not have published things and it's happened to several black women students that I know where they present something it's groundbreaking and pieces of their presentation end up in a, a cute little journal article somewhere yeah. um and I mean not at AAA but I've been approached at, a, at another conference where I presented by a scholar who's not black who was like oh your paper is so great I would love to <laughs> read it and I'm like, oh, uh-huh, girl, uh, let me take your business card and we'll connect over email. Um, but I don't know, maybe I'm just cynical and suspicious, but I think it, it's harder for us to get our work published because we don't already have that clout. We don't have that name, right? Whereas someone who might be further along in their careers might just be able to hear an idea in passing and mm -hmm. write about it and get it published, right? So, um, that's another don't like 
there might be pressure to share. This person might say, oh, I want to have a mentor relationship with you. Your work is so great. Send me this paper that you did. Um, but that could be opening the door to, to you being exploited. It could open the door to you having a co-authored paper. But yeah. Um, yeah. be sure to discuss the terms of that relationship before you send, especially any unpublished work to anyone. And just vibe check. You know, mm-hmm. vibe check with yourself, vibe check with other people who might know the individual uh, who you want to reach out to or that uh, you meet with or have spoken to, you know, just check it out. Just be like, mm, mm, not for me, <laughs> not for me. I'm good. Um, I ain't like the way your uh, suit jacket match with your dress. So, um, <laughs> I mean, we could connect over email, you know, I mean, yeah. I'm just being there, silly. Mm, I'm being the, silly. The fits. The fits. The I was fits. just I was simply loving it. I I think I think quite a bit and I have to blame um <laughs> these were actually two grad students I met when I was visiting Indiana. They were talking about what they want their professor aesthetic to be and ever mm. since I have thought about what I want my professor aesthetic to be. And I definitely know that in my early years I'm gonna be giving like you know, young professional vibes. But as I, I get into that. the, yeah, you know, little like suits and, <laughs> but brightly colored ones. Ooh. And then, you know, once I get into, okay, you know who it would be? Uh, what's her name? Olivia Pope, man, in Scandal. Ooh. Those are the kinds of fits. But I'm you have to about. come with the wine too. I'm, I'm already drinking. I'm already <laughs> Like you have to have. I have that kind of wine glass. The wine glass has as big as your face. (laughs) Love it. Um, And then you know, as as I age, then I'm thinking more. I'm more like you know the Toni Morrison, Mm. big flowy fits with scarves and Mm. my my like gray scraggly afro. You know. (laughs) I love that, yo. You like that for me, huh? I think I'm, you know, trying to trying to be a hot girl for life. Um, that doesn't really translate to my professional wear. I think I tend to err on the side of teacher um, yes. in that regard because <laughs> of my professional experience. Um, Fair enough. But one of these days, I'll figure out my aesthetic is. Either it's going to be hot girl professor or it's going to be <laughs> teacher. It's one or the other. I can't give both. Um, I can't give versatility in that department. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. Anyways, that's for another conversation. Our last, <laughs> our final do is read the room. Read it. <laughs> read it like a text. Read it like a book. Um, professors are busy. Grad students are busy. Everybody is busy. And so if you've sent them emails and they haven't really responded <laughs> and you roll up on them, like, um, okay, maybe they'll be open to be like, oh, yes, I, I missed your email. Sorry. You know, my inbox is crazy. But if then at that point they pass you off to someone else or they seem kind of standoffish, just just let it be. Mm-hmm. And definitely don't take it personally. Right. And so even though we read someone's work and we think they're stars or we think that they have, we have a lot of, a lot in common with them or that they could be helpful to us, um, you know, they're really just people. They have lives. They're busy. They're aloof. They might have anxiety. Mm. And they might just be having a bad day, you know. 
they also might just not want to talk to you. <laughs> and that Look, is okay. That is the camp I be on sometimes. That mm. it is. And so don't take it personally. I mean, unless they're being discriminatory or anti-black or, you know, any of those things, ableist, etc. Other than that, don't take it personally, right? Some professors, even grad students, especially women, get a lot of requests for help and support and they only have so much capacity. So mm-hmm. <coughs> Ooh, it's a definite, it's not you, it's me. Yeah. Situation. And you'll notice like our do's and don'ts don't really center you presenting or you have, you know, being present on a panel and things like that because I think it's really important for us as graduate students to slow down the machine of academia that says you need to publish and do all mm. these different things. Um, it's okay to attend conferences to really just be there for the vibes and like be there to meet people. Uh, so do take your time with presenting because I do think that there's a certain kind of quality of work that can come forward from sitting and marinating and thinking through things mm. versus feeling this pressure to get your name out there and be seen in a particular kind of way. Um, and I feel like there's value in, in not chasing this idea that you need to be a, some kind of scholar. So I will say like, yeah, definitely, um, definitely take that, um, uh, approach and we, yeah, I, I yeah. absolutely, I completely agree with that. I think one of the things I was told early on in the program was if you publish something, you have to stand by it. And what you might want to say in your first year might not be what you want to say by the time you finished field work and spent two years marinating on it. Oh, absolutely. So I, I think that there, at least from what I saw, there are a lot of people who just got up there and was like, I did some research. I want, I have to say something. So here's what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. And I think that taking some, taking some time to reflect and just chill and like, and meet people is good. That's fine. If you do want to present, maybe it's a presentation for you to get feedback from people, for mm-hmm. you to, you know, have people ask you questions that might push your work further. But I think, you know, definitely don't put pressure on yourself to uh, present something that is going to change the future of anthropology on your first shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The last thing that I wanted to say is I just wanted to say thank you so much to the ABA. Um, I was awarded the Janetta B. Cool Travel Award. Uh, Yes, that is definitely what helped me be able to actually go to the conference in person. And I really, really appreciate everyone on the committee um, who chose me and another student to receive this award. So thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And, you know, follow Alyssa's lead, apply for these travel awards. You never know. You never know what you're going to get. And that might, conferences are expensive. That might help subsidize your experience. You will receive an award. That's all, that's an opening to a network and to a community of people who have. Um, So for those of us who are, you know, first gen, low income, like, you know, ourselves, like it's important to, to think about how what are the ways that they are already being made to make these places more accessible for us? Mm-hmm. And then how can we push back? Because there's always more room. Um, but yeah, I feel like 
I mean, that's all we got. <laughs> that's all <laughs> I got um, for y'all today. We will be back to our regular programming for our next episode. So thank you all for listening. This episode was produced by Alyssa James and Brandon Times and distributed in partnership with the American Anthropological Association. This season of the podcast is generously funded by a grant from the Arts and Science Graduate Council and donations from listeners just like you. Thank you all so much for your support. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends, family, or frenemies. We would love to hear what you have to say about this episode, especially since this was a completely different format than what we usually do. So be sure to follow us on Instagram at Zora's Daughters and on Twitter at Zora's underscore daughters. For transcripts, syllabi, and information on how to cite us or donate, visit our website, zorasdaughters.com. Yes, we love to see the support. We love to see the engagement. I mean, mm-hmm. it really builds us up. But last and not least, remember that we must take care of ourselves and each other. Until next time, bye. Bye.